everyone. Welcome to the show. Welcome. Today, we are going to talk about many, not all, but many of the horror books we read in 2023. Hopefully make some recommendations for you. And we were actually just before we started recording, we were talking about some plans for 2024. As some of you may know, as part of our Patreon, we have a Discord, a small Discord that's just for our patrons. And we have a book club on there. And so a lot of the books... (laughs) <laughs> shush shush <laughs> kathy and i are members of that book club it's and fun. we read about a book a month book every five weeks throughout the year horror every now and then a thriller but mostly horror so if you want to participate in that you know it's five bucks a month to be a patron then you just join our discord and it's a lot of fun but a lot of these books we read together and then a few of the books we did not read together so we're going to talk about those And we were excited. We were just talking about 2024 because we're doing a bonus read over the holidays and it's a Krampus and short story book. And I I pick a short novel for every holiday period, meaning the, the week's over Christmas and New Year's to do a, like a bonus read. And I usually pick an indie author. And so we're doing one this year. And actually we're going to start off by talking about the one that I picked last year. Cause it ended up being one of Kathy's favorites. Yes. Yes. Please tell us, please share with the audience your favorite book. I love this, mo- this movie. I love this book so much. <laughs> actually it would be a fun movie. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> all right. So I will read you all the, the, the paragraph synopsis of this uh, literature. Nice. Disco death trap year of blood. <laughs> How can you not like that? I mean, although we did have one book club member that did not like this book. In fact, they DNF'd it crazily uh, enough, but who blue, you know what blue, we're going to have a conversation <laughs> the next time we have a conversation. <laughs> Cameron Robique, I think is how you say mm-hmm. their name. This book is so much fun. First of all, the, the cover is all animation and you just see the, these kids legs and like tube socks and roller skates in a <laughs> pool of blood and a disco ball with a skull in it hanging above. So it's new year's Eve, 1980. You already have me right there. Mm-hmm. And the students of D'Angelo high school are lacing up their skates for the all night, uh, new year's lock-in at the rollerville roller disco. Some of them just want to skate and dance the night away to pounding disco music. Some want to pull a few pranks and have a few laughs for others like Dan Parsons. Oh, I miss Dan. Mm-hmm. Tonight is a chance to move on and forget about his ex-girlfriend. Maybe even flirt with Denise, that cute girl behind the snack counter. <laughs> it seems like nothing can go wrong, but there's a massive blizzard raging outside. Thick snow and ice are piling up against all the doors. There are those rumors that Rollerville was built over part of the old graveyard next door and someone out there is watching. Also, a strange homeless man in the parking lot says that tonight will be the start of the so-called year of blood. A night of skating and New Year's fun is about to turn into a night of violence and bloody mayhem in Disco Death Trap. Obviously, you know, it's just fun, but I also think the author created such an amazing atmosphere because you have this snowed in <laughs> roller rink where inside it's all warm and cozy and the people are eating and drinking and skating and hooking up. And, but all the while there's this whole other thing about to happen Yes, that at the turn of midnight, you know, we just, the, the whole book changes mm-hmm. and 
Jamie Kennedy says in Scream, everybody's a suspect. <laughs> and it is so clever and I couldn't put it down. I just had so much fun with this it's book. It's a fast read. I I had chosen it because when I, I was, you know, spending hours looking, I do spend quite a bit of time looking for the bonus read. So, because it has to fit like a, a match with the holiday season kind of, and it has to be like not completely reviled. Like people have to not completely hate it. I do want people to say like, it's not bad. I don't want to waste my time mm -hmm. necessarily. So I need some good reviews. I need the time period. But I also, when I came upon that book, it's because I had read one of his, uh, I had read Kill River. I And I have those in my cart, by the way, the his first, other ones. Oh, good. Yeah, I, I have Kill River 2 to read, which I haven't read yet. Maybe I'll read it this year. But I had read Kill River as our very first book in book club. One of our members at the time had suggested that. So I had read that book. And, and I just real I, I remember it dawning on me. I'm like, oh, my God, this is the first. I'm like, well, this will be this will be fun. You know, he's he's a plot driven writer. So it moves fast and it's fun. So I'm really yeah. glad you, you liked it. Yeah, so much fun. <laughs> By the way, I did notice the Goodreads, you know, the Goodreads uh, winners, you know, Goodreads Choice Award winners came out. And I don't know if you vote in those, but I do. No. And throughout this year, we actually ended up reading one, two, three, four. Four of the nominees in the horror category we actually ended up reading this year. Well, how many? Sorry. Four. Oh, wow. How to Sell a Haunted House. Mm -hmm. Vampires of El Norte. Yeah. Jennifer McMahon's My Darling Girl. Good. And Dead Eleven. All four of those were in the nominated. Now, four, eight, 12, 16, 20. There's 20 in the nominees, 20 books. So that's a lot of books. Yeah. And then uh, Stephen King's Holly, the, his book Holly is the one that won. You know, they have how many, you can go on there, they have how many votes. How to Sell a Haunted House was like third, I think. Or no, it was second, actually, in all the voting. So okay. it was like 30,000 votes off. It's not like it was a close vote, but that was number two. And Vamp Vampires of El Norte was up there. And so was uh, My Darling Girl. Like those books were, three of our books were like in the top six kind of thing. That's cool. Yeah, Dead Eleven was last in the okay. voting. So well. That's that probably sense. commiserate with what yeah. we thought of it too. So I have a question to ask. Yeah. Can I open a beverage? Yeah, of course. Okay. There you go. What What are you drinking? This is, oh, these are so good. They're lime ginger sparkling waters made by Nixie. Okay. And if you are someone who likes ginger ale, but you don't want all the sugar and all, it's so good. Is it like a Trader Joe's thing? Um, no, you can find these at Whole Foods, okay. Ralph's, Kroger, any mark, but Nixie is the brand, N-I-X-I-E. They also do a strawberry hibiscus, which is really good. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Kathy and I are big fans of the sparkling water mm -hmm. with the zero calories. Yeah. I was going to talk about Vampires of El Norte. We actually just read this recently. Vampires and Vaqueros face off on the Texas-Mexico border in the supernatural western from the author of The Hacienda. Some of you may have read her other book. This is by Isabel Cañas. As the daughter of a rancher in 1840s Mexico, Nina knows a thing or two about monsters. Her home has long been threatened by tensions with Anglo settlers from the north, but something more sinister lurks near the ranch at night, something that drains men of their blood and leaves them for dead. So this is a very good book. You have to not mind 
a romance in your horror. I would say that this romance is written really well. It didn't bother me as a romance. I don't mind romance in mm-hmm. books, especially. And I don't care for it. I don't care for um, romance in books, but it worked in this one. I'm glad. So yeah. that's a that's a testament from Kathy, who generally doesn't like when there's a romance component to it. I don't mind it. I actually read romance books as well. She reads the ones with Fabio on the cover that yeah, you oh, can sure. buy at the market in the, the <laughs> card section. Yeah, that's funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, but but I but I like that. I She's like on that. several covers. I actually like that for me yeah. if I did. But this is more of a written more like an epic romance, more like a classic romance. So if you have an English degree or you like read all the classics back in the day, it it reads more like one of those kind of romances. Fate you know, is not in the cards, uh, male and female from, you know, warring factions kind of thing, like where star-crossed lovers type of deal. But there's creatures. (laughs) So it's not a ton of horror. There's not like, it's not a slasher like Disco Death Trap. There's not a lot of gore. None of that. It's definitely a story that builds to an end that's got a horror element to it. And it's highly, I mean, you can read it as a straight horror novel and it's great that way because the the creatures are awesome. Mm -hmm, But it also has, there's so many metaphors and it's political, but not in a knock you over the head. I don't want to read a, a book on politics right now, but there are political elements undertones that I Mm -hmm. think are highly effective told through this story. Yeah, the culture, the politics, Mm -hmm. all of that is explicated in there. And it's really interesting. And I'm not surprised it's second because I think a lot of these awards win on name recognition. So King is often going to win because people who aren't actually reading those books are going to vote for King because they know him. They know the name. So they're going to click vote. So I'm not saying he didn't deserve to win. I love Stephen King. But because it's number two, that tells me that it was probably number one in the horror genre in many ways. Because, you know, it's uh, not that she's not a known author. She very much is. But anyway, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the read. I did too. Yeah. It was good. I'm going to talk about a book I read outside of the Discord called Summer of Night by Dan Simmons. It's a pretty long book. Mm. Um, He's heavily influenced by Stephen King. He self-admittedly, so his books are (laughs) are long and have similar themes. So it's the summer of 1960, and in the small town of Elmhaven, Illinois, five 12-year-old boys are forging the powerful bonds that a lifetime of change will not break. From sunset bike rides to shaded hiding places in the woods, the boys days are marked all by all of the secrets and silences of an idyllic middle childhood. But amid the sun-drenched cornfields, their loyalty will be pitlessly tested, pitilessly tested. When a long silent bell peals in the middle of the night, the townsfolk know it marks the end of their carefree days. From the depths of the old central school, a hulking fortress tinged with the mahogany scent of coffins, an invisible evil is rising. Strange and horrifying events begin to overtake everyday life, spreading terror through the one once idyllic town. Determined to exercise this ancient plague, Mike, Dwayne, Dale, Harlan, and Kevin must wage a war of blood against an arcane abomination who owns the night. Wow. Can you give me the title again? It's called Summer of Night by nice. Dan Simmons. What do you think? I loved this book because we're always reading so many books at once. I, it, it took me a while to get through it because it's, it's over 400 pages. Mm-hmm. 
but that's nice though. You man, sink in, you know, you go on this story, you know, it has a, it has a, um, stand by me feel. It has a, a, a supernatural feel. It has a history feel, you know, this town has so much history and they take it to places where it's so clever and these boys just all of us remember being well many of us remember being kids and having that small group of really good friends that got into mischief together and saw one another you know lose family members lose pets lose ourselves in bad shit all of that the arc of life and and so in the midst of all this life is happening and then they're trying to decipher whether some of it is due to these forces Mm. um and then, you know, there's some uh, alluding to like, you know, uh, abusive situations. And it's not about child abuse. That's not overt. But I'm saying like, there's all these other th- unfortunate things. Some a couple of the kids don't come from a lot of money where then there's the one kid who's privileged and kind of aware that, you know, one of his friends has it really hard at home. And so you really get to know these boys mm-hmm. like you really you have a heart for them. And and then they're really funny because they're, you know, middle school boys talking shit to each other and all that. So <laughs> it has that if you like that Stephen King it or stand by me feel. Mm-hmm. I, do. I really liked this book a lot. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, Dan Simmons is really prolific and yeah. famous and fabulous. And I have the book. Uh, the Terror is a very famous book of his. I have that on Audible and it's been in my Audible for a while, but it's like 26 hours yeah. long or something. Yeah. <laughs> and I've been wanting to read it though because I got that recommendation from someone else to say, oh, you got to read Dan Simmons the Terror. So now this one's on my list as well. I guess I better get to Dan Simmons. And the book you're talking about is so number one in a series, it looks like. It is. I was about to say there there is a second one that I haven't yet to read because they are quite long, but yeah, uh, but yeah it's a series. Awesome. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. I also wanted to talk about My Darling Girls, which we also Mm. recently read in the book club. And I enjoyed this book. We were a little bit divisive, I think, in in our book club. But I think most of us liked it. I liked it. Yeah, I did as well. Yeah, no, you and I weren't divisive. Yeah. But others disagreed. <laughs> like, to be clear, I thought it was a, I thought it was really fun. I thought it was a lot of fun. So I had suggested this book for book club. The way we run our book club is that each of the active members put up a book each time we're going to have a new book and then we put it into a poll and we vote. And so everybody gets a chance to like throw their hat in the ring. This just happened to be my, my pick. And the reason why honestly I picked it is because we read one of her other books, Jennifer McMahon wrote a book called the invited. And we read that last year in book club and I actually won a copy of an arc copy of my darling girl on Goodreads. So I've had this book for, a while. <laughs> and unfortunately, I was not able to read it and provide a review because that's, of course, why ARCs get sent out is they want those early reviews. But I have now since uh, read it and reviewed it. And 
I really enjoyed it. It's a straightforward contemporary horror book. So it's like Vampires of El Norte is period piece and also a different culture than my own. So that was interesting in that way. Uh, My Darling Girl is contemporary. It's in any neighborhood that any of us might live in in America. It's relatable in that way. And it's straightforward. And I thought it was well done. And I do definitely now, since I've read two of her books, think she's a good writer. I think think so too. Yeah, I would read, I would read other things just because it's her, you know, when you have those authors. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I did too. I'm glad you you liked it because it like you and I had talked about with the group. You know, it wasn't the most profound book, no, no. You, but it doesn't always need to be. Sometimes nope. you just want it to be, and it depends yeah. too, right? Yeah. It depends on your experiences. Like, there's a, a dying mother in there. There's a, an abusive mother in there. There's definitely there's a teenage brat. There's a you know there's well, there's yeah. all kinds of different things that that you could have emotion about but it's not about that it's definitely about it's plot driven for sure for sure yeah and you can also walk away with it really projecting what you believe she really experienced so you know it it, you can make it as deep as you want to make it (laughs) you bet and that's a good book because you can take it from the surface and just say this was a good book Mm -hmm. and i enjoyed the ride or you can take it deeper if you like to do that so so I just want to mention that we we read Jaws, Peter Benchley's novel from 1974. And although, you know, most people know the synopsis, just real quickly, the story set in Amityville, which is a fictional seaside resort town on the south shore of Long Island, New York, within the Hamptons region. The novel places it's halfway between Bridgehampton and East Hampton. One night, a massive great white shark kills a young tourist named Christine Watkins while she skinny dips. In the open waters after she and a man make love on the beach. That's how you know it's the 70s because they say make love. (laughs) After finding the partially eaten remains of her body washed up on the beach, investigators realized she was attacked by a shock. Yep. Amity Police Chief Martin Brody orders the beaches closed, but Mayor Larry Vaughn and the town's selectmen overrule him out of fear for damage to summer tourism. Amity's main industry with the convenience of Harry Meadows, the editor of the local newspaper. They hush up the attack. Obviously, I love this movie because I'm a huge Spielberg fan and I felt like he did such a great job with it, but I had not yet ever read the novel and I just loved this book. It was one of my favorite books we read all year because how descriptive it was and how much further it goes into the storytelling around the characters. It's way more character driven than the movie, because obviously the movie, you know, it's about the the anticipatory bloodshed of this great white. And, and Spielberg still, he always does a good job with characters, even if they're not the central focus. I still think he did a really good job with building character arcs, but the book goes so much further in. And it was one of those books that made me feel like I was in the story when I was reading it. Yeah. And I have to say it's for me, it's up there with the exorcist as far as books that have been turned into movies as being one of the best I've read. Agreed. Yeah. Jaws was great. Plot driven. It brought in a lot of character and culture that you don't get in the movie. Both are great. Movies. Great. Books. Great. Do yourself a favor. Add it to your TBR. If you haven't read it, a lot of these classics. we're trying, we try to make our way through some of the classics each year in the book club. Inevitably people throw those up as options. And then sometimes we're in the mood for that and everybody votes for it. So we do, we have been able to get through, I think that was one this year. 
I think that might have been our only like movie one. Yeah, I think it's our only really old one from this year. The year prior, we did more. This year, we did more new, which is nice. I, I like to be kind of on the cutting yeah, edge, Yeah, because we too. did uh, Exorcist and Rosemary's Baby last year. Yeah, yeah. So, but we usually get in one or two every year, so mm-hmm. that's cool. You know, I also, I read Stephen King's If It Bleeds, which is an anthology book. Not super into it. I liked the story that the movie was made out of. But it was not my favorite anthology of his. There's there's better ones. And he writes so many of them that there's so much Stephen King to read. If you want to put that at the more towards the bottom of your list, I would definitely do that. Okay. I also read a couple of true crimes. I read uh, Hell's Half Acre. I read People Who Eat Darkness, which we did a whole episode mm-hmm. on. I really loved that book. That's an excellent true crime book. Did not like Hell's Half Acre as much. Okay. One of our patrons, we kind of do just her and I really, we do a true crime reads and we managed to get through two this year. It's not a super priority, but maybe we'll get through more next year. And I also wanted to mention that I try to read memoirs. And I usually read way more than I read this year, but I think I just kind of took a little bit of a break. But I did manage to get in uh, James Corden's memoir, which was was pretty great. I listened to it on Audible, and it's just really interesting. He's a funny guy, interesting to hear his stories. But the one I really liked was Matthew Perry's. Mm. And it turns out, of course, that he died this year, but I read this well before his death. And it made his death way more awful for me because mm-hmm. I was really invested and knowledgeable about his story. <laughs> but I, I would like to encourage anyone who hasn't done it to actually get the audible of it because it's him reading the book. And for posterity's sake, he's obviously was a very funny guy and telling his story is very poignant and thoughtful and, and lovely and also hilarious. He tells all the stories from friends. He's got all kinds of good stuff in there. So I would highly recommend it too. I've heard really good things about that book. Yeah. So I wrote read road. I wrote <laughs> I read a book bought by Paul Tremblay called um, Head Full of Ghosts. And this was a uh, winner of the 2015 Bram Stoker Award for Superior Achievement in a Novel. I know that he gets a lot of really positive feedback from Stephen King as well, who thinks his books are, are pretty great. And I thought this book was pretty great. And not because the family's last name is Barrett. Oh, that's, but that's, it helped. Right. So the lives of the Barretts, a normal suburban (laughs) New England family, are torn apart when 14-year-old Marjorie begins to display signs of acute schizophrenia. To her parents' despair, the doctors are unable to stop Marjorie's descent into madness as their stable home devolves into a house of horrors. They reluctantly reluctantly turn to a local Catholic priest for help. Now this really does sound like my family. Mm. Father Wanderley suggests an exorcism. He believes the vulnerable teenager is the victim of demonic possession. He also contacts a production company that is eager to document the Barrett's plight. With John, Marjorie's father, out of work for more than a year and the medical bills looming, the family agrees to be filmed and soon find themselves the unwitting stars of The Possession, a hit reality television show. When events in the Barrett household explode in tragedy, the show and shocking incidents it captures become the stuff of urban legend. Fifteen years later, they do an interview on those events. There's someone that plays like a journalist who's writing a story and comes back and interviews 
the younger sister and that's it's sort of told through her narrative it's really kind of a crazy cool ride um so obviously there's some really light elements in there but then you get the possession elements in there and how it's mixed in with like filming a reality show so it's all the feels you get some of the humor you get the suspense you get the terror and then you know you're trying to figure out whether this person's just feeding you shit or do you actually find out by the end what really caused all of this to happen so yeah i read that book last year okay and I loved it. It was definitely one of my top ones from last year. And I think I may have talked about it on the show at one point or another. I think last year we were obviously regularly talking about movies and books every week. So I loved it. I won't say too much about it just like you did because there's a lot of twists and turns and a lot of things that you find out. And I would just highly, highly, highly recommend it. It's fun. There are parts of it just make you laugh. It's a great book. Yeah. And he's a great writer. He really is. He's probably top 10 writing in horror right yeah. now he's and really great Stephen King will will let you know that <laughs> he said some really cool things about him and I respect King's opinion he's been doing the shit for a long long time yeah the only other horror one that I'm gonna mention is that over the last three years I've managed to make it three books through Darcy Coates's <laughs> oh you're still going Seriously? I got Shannon started on her and now she's going well it's like the first year we read a book for book club voices in the snow and it was the first in a series I think of like four books or something yeah and that was a kick-ass book I really like the first one yeah and then the second one I read last year so two years ago we read voices in the snow last year I read the second one which I don't remember the name of it and then this year I read Whispers in the Mist and it's some kind of like masochistic journey because <laughs> <laughs> here's the thing about these books and I, I want to read more Darcy Coates and I, I have, I own several and I own several of the ones that are sort of smaller and I'm imagining that her, this is what I've read a lot of. She's, first of all, she's super prolific. So there's 4 billion books to read. Yeah. So if you don't like one, read a different one because there are, there's so many different kind of tropes like haunted house stuff i like the stuff. world she builds yeah yeah and i and i i loved that bo- the first book so much and then there's always something in each book that keeps me coming back for more it's the black winter series and the third one is called whispers in the mist now it took me a really long time to get through it because it's pretty beefy and this one is rated really highly i would not rate it as highly as others have here's my issue with it i love the creatures in this series yeah like they are cool love them and i love creatures i love creatures in movies i love them in books uh, that's like one of my top 3 sub pieces of this is i want some creatures the creatures are amazing. The lore behind the creatures, the reason why they are the way they are. And throughout this series, you learn more and more and more about how they're made and how they exist and what they do and what they don't do. And all of that is super, super interesting, except for here's the thing. The books are so thick. And a lot of times I do also like that she writes in short chapters so you can zoom along if you want. But my God, the middle, the middle, the middle of these books is just like... <laughs> You've always said that. It's like, we're down another street. 
<laughs> with another house and another what the, thing. What was the book we we read a few oh years back God. where the guy was falling out of a tree for like 20 pages? And I'm like, he's still falling. <laughs> this is like we're traveling down the road for 15 chapters. It's like, oh, I don't okay. care. Now Can- we're at the next stop sign. I remember the one that we read together where like they when they were the out in the car. One. Yeah. Yeah. The second one. The winter one. And it, it's it was just, the same way. Uh, we're down the road again. See, and this, okay, so this was, this series was the series I introduced y'all to Darcy Coates, but her books that aren't series that are like just one and dones, she doesn't do that. No, of course not. Then they're much smaller and stuff. And so, and I also know what I've read about her now as well, because I read about these authors and I read a lot of reviews and I sort of try to get a vibe of like what they do well and what people love about them. And everybody loves the haunted house ones she does. So that's what I got to do. And I think that's the one you first read was a haunted house one. And then mm-hmm. you were like, oh, I love this writer. We should read another book by her. And honestly, that first book that we read for book club, I loved that book. I thought it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. I'm going to keep trying. Awesome. Yeah. I did get through number three. I can't guarantee number four. Oh, man, I commend <laughs> you. I'm saluting her right now. But it's like for 2004, maybe I should read the fourth one and then we'll be done. I absolutely loved christina henry's version of alice alice in wonderland is already kind of a messy funny trip but christina henry takes her novels we the other one we read i liked both of them the legend of sleepy hollow one do you remember what it was called mm-hmm. i I'll, I'll find okay it. so this one was called alice the cover is the rabbit with a bloody eye in a warren of crumbling buildings and desperate people called the old city there stands a hospital with cinder block walls which echo the screams of the poor souls inside in the hospital there's a woman her hair once blonde hangs and tangles down her back she doesn't remember why she's in such a terrible place just a tea party long ago and long ears and blood <laughs> then one night a fire at the hospital gives a woman a chance to escape tumbling out of the hole that imprisoned her leaving her free to uncover the truth about what happened to her all those years ago only something else has escaped with her something dark something powerful and to find the truth she will have to track this beast to the very heart of the old city where the rabbit awaits for his alice man this book was so good it was brutal it's so it really is i mean folks let me tell you it's not the feel-good book of the year there's torture torment sexual assault psychopathy i mean all the things it's violent but it's told in such a palatable way that you can't help but like oh my god i want to read more yeah and there's more to that series like she does the red queen is the second book which i haven't read yet and then the other one we we read both these books like i we apparently um there's a member of our book club that always puts these books up and they're all good christina henry we've read two alice and the other one was horseman the horseman thank you horseman oh horseman a tale of sleepy hollow is what it's called and that's by christina henry Good stuff. Yeah. And then there's a psych book you wanted to mention. And yeah. Then we'll I, be just, done. I just want to real quickly give, I know that we talk a lot about narcissism on the show. So this is not a horror book, although it can feel that way if you are a survivor of narcissistic abuse. I had the honor of reading this ahead of time. Uh, it was given a copy 
by my colleague, Dr. Ramani Dravasala has a book coming out. You can pre-order it right now. It's called It's Not You, Identifying and Healing from Narcissistic People. I just finished it, folks. I think it's, I think it's available. It's an available February 20th. So for those folks who want more information, uh, maybe they're in that next step in their healing. The, the book is essentially drawing on more than two decades of studying the landscape of narcissism and working with survivors. Dr. Romney explores how narcissists hijack our well-being and offers a healing path forward, unpacking the often misunderstood personality. She reveals the telltale behavioral patterns that indicate you may be dealing with a narcissist. Along the way, you'll learn how to become gaslight resistant, chip away at the trauma bonds that keep you stuck in the cycle, grieve the loss of these painful relationships, create and maintain realistic boundaries, discern unhelpful behaviors from narcissistic behaviors, and recover your sense of self after constant invalidation. Why I love this book so much is there are so many books out there that talk about the narcissist. And although this does that, it actually focuses much more on the healing component. And when I read this, my first feedback to her was, I wish I would have had this when I was going through mine. And not everyone can afford therapy and, and not that books are ever a substitute for therapy, but this will help people quite a bit if they're in that stage of knowing what happened, but now not really knowing how to move forward. I highly recommend it. Oh, great. Yeah. Awesome. And congratulations to Dr. Romani for yeah. her newest book. That's it, guys. I hope you got some recommendations from this, some things to read. We would love to hear from you and what you've read this year and what you love. I've been starting to already look at lists for 2024. I'm pretty excited to to read some different things. I know that T. Kingfisher is going to have a new one out. I know that Stephen Graham Jones, one of my favorite new authors, is going to have a new one out. Christina Henry is going to have a new one out called The House at Horror Built. There's just a bunch of authors that I already like that are going to have books out. I'm excited for that. And then I'm sure we'll discover some new ones along the way. I also know Stephen Graham Jones is doing a couple of different books. He's doing the third book in his the Indian Lake trilogy series the third one's called the angel of Indian Lake and then I also know he's coming out one with one called I was a teenage slasher oh that's cool which I think is I might be an older one of his but but it it's not it's probably not I'm speaking out of turn I just know that's kind of gonna come out this month this year as well from what I was reading Mm -hmm. but I mean, things can change, of course. I'm just excited about the year in reading, and let's get to it. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Terror Talk. My name is Shannon. And I'm Kathy. Sleep safe, everyone.